0: As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispie. Available at Participating McDonald's for a limited time. ba Davis
1: steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind him. Davis with motion by Richard. We'll get the ball to McClendon. He le-
0: Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Go! Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome in to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's Anthony Pagnotta with you, as always, of course. And today we welcome back Josh Marlowe. He is here to talk about a uh, huge day around Toronto football. The Toros, of course, diving into training camp. We're going to ask him about one of the guys on the roster that's probably the most intriguing prospect. Uh, on this 2020 roster in terms of the guys that will be in fall camp competing for spots but first We want to look at the schedule that was released earlier today, 9 a.m. this morning. The ACC released everybody's full schedule for the 2020 season. Of course, the readjusted schedule uh, that they were previewing last week. Now we have some dates and times in place, so we will take a look at that. But first of all, buddy, uh, how you been doing? I know it's been a little bit since you've been on the podcast. I hope everything has been going well for you and your family.
1: Yeah, man, doing, doing great. We've gotten back to some sports with the MLB, NBA, and NHL returning. Of course, you and I have become big-time NASCAR fans during this COVID-19 year that we're in. But, you know, we're getting closer to what we really want, which is football, college football, the NFL. And just trying to stay optimistic about having the potential to play a season. That's why I'm, I take every precaution to, You know, that the government wants me to do, wear a mask, do whatever, try to social distancing just so we have college football uh, this fall. So uh, get, get ready to have some sort of a normal sports year for sure.
0: Yeah, that's what we're hoping. And the ACC is showing that they're going to do everything possible to try to play this 2020 season In the fall here They released Carolina's schedule As I mentioned earlier this morning So I'm going to read through it real quick And then we'll go ahead and react to it But Carolina will open the season at home On September 12th Against Syracuse That was a game that previously wasn't scheduled But that's how Carolina will start out They have September 19th Which is on the schedule Carolina will play that week But they do not know who their non-conference opponent will be Uh, Them and Clemson, the only ACC teams for this season that do not know who their non-conference opponents are just yet. I would expect that they're going to figure that out sometime in the next couple of days, so we'll probably end up finding that out uh, and completing the schedule here sometime later on uh, this week or this weekend. Um, After that, they do have a bye week before they move back into conference play where they will take on Boston College on the road, first road matchup of the year on October 3rd. They come back home for the game against Virginia, Virginia Tech on October 10th. That stays in the same spot that it was uh, on the schedule for Carolina. Still a home game as well, so that's a big break for Carolina. Then they go on the road to Florida State on October 17th. That's a game that was added. Will be a tough road test for Carolina. You got NC State at home. That's moved to the middle of the season. That'll now be on October 24th. A previously scheduled bye week for North Carolina now turns into a road game against Virginia on October 31st, so they'll play on Halloween against the Cavaliers. Then the next game they'll play will be another road game, but they'll go just down the block to Duke on November 7th to play the Blue Devils. Before they come back home for what will be back-to-back home games, Wake Forest will be on November 14th. They'll have a break in between. Uh, They'll have an open week before they play on the day they were scheduled to play on the last week of the season. They will play on Black Friday once again. It'll be the second time in four years that Carolina will do so, where they will play Notre Dame at home. The season is extended a week, so Carolina will play their final game of the regular season on the road at Miami on December 5th. So, uh, you know, looking at the schedule, you mentioned it a little bit when we were talking earlier before we got on for the show, but you said that you really think that this is a schedule that shapes up pretty well for Carolina to have success. We heard the same thing from Jacob Turner yesterday, but are there any areas on this schedule that maybe you are a little bit concerned about for Carolina? You know, you look at... Going to Florida State, um, if
1: for some reason there's fans going on in the stands, is always difficult because that's a tough place to go in a game. But outside of that, I mean, maybe you look at the final three games in the year, you got like Forest, Notre Dame, and before going to Miami. That's probably your toughest stretch of the year. You get Syracuse at home to start the year, then you get a non-con game, and then you get a bye, or, yeah, then you get a bye before you get back in the, in the conference play. I love the fact that Boston College is in October on the road instead of what it's supposed to be in November. You still keep Virginia Tech at home, which in a normal year, we thought that would have been a game that would decide who represented the Coastal in the ACC Championship. Um, you get State in the middle of the year, so, you know... That, that, I guess that helps. Going to Virginia and go to Duke will be tough for their own right, but Carolina should be both of those. This is a schedule that very lends well for them to compete to get into the ACC championship game. And with Notre Dame being able to compete for that and get them at home, that also makes it a little bit more easier to pick Carolina to finish in the top two
0: in the ACC. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that we have to realize is that home games and road games this year will be a lot different. There won't be the environments uh, to help you out at home or hurt you when you're on the road, but... Uh, it's still going to be a lot of travel involved. Uh, we don't know exactly, you know, how they're going to go about getting uh, everybody to the stadium and everything like that. Certain games that maybe in the past you wouldn't take buses to will now potentially become games that you will have to drive to in order to try to preserve the uh, quote team bubble," as Matt calls it, around the team, but. Uh, yeah, I think uh, you, you mentioned that stretch at the end of the season. I think uh, Wake Forest is is definitely an interesting team. I think uh, a lot of people have kind of counted them out here this off season. A lot of people have said, "Well, look, you know, they lose starting quarterback." Uh, Jamie Newman. They've lost a lot defensively. That team still has one of the best wide receiving cores in the country. They've got a guy in Sam Hartman who has gotten the job done before for them. Looks like he's going to have pretty much no problem stepping in, taking over that starting quarterback role. So I think you've got that game. Luckily, you get the bye week in between, but so does Notre Dame. So that doesn't really give you any advantage there. Um, and that's probably going to be the game that decides the ACC in our opinion. That'll probably decide who plays Clemson in the ACC championship game. Barring something shocking, um, that's the game that I think everybody's going to have circled. Um, But the biggest thing about it is, is that that's not the game that finishes up the ACC schedule for you. Even if you find a way to win that game, you have to turn around, go on the road to a place in Miami that's going to be tough. Again, we don't know, you know, how many fans will be allowed by that time of the year. Though you never really know if there are some, you know, progress, if there is some progress made throughout the country with COVID nineteen, there could be more fans allowed. So that could potentially be a, a little bit of a tricky game there against Miami to finish up the year. Um, you know, I look at the same thing that with you. I think that Virginia Tech, Florida State, back to back, is definitely going to be one to keep an eye on. Uh, Virginia Tech still think they're going to have a pretty solid year this year. Um, I, I think, you know, especially because there's probably going to be rumors going around that they are going to be playing for Fuente's job. I think that could definitely be a tough game. Florida State playing on the road there is never easy. That's also a team that maybe it's just me. I'm a, lot, I'm a little higher on than some of the other people around the country. I think Mike Norvell a good coach. I think that team definitely has talent. Um, the biggest thing is is that they haven't been able to protect their starting quarterback over the past couple of years. Hopefully by that time, Carolina has found their solutions on the defensive line to replace guys like Jason Strobridge and Aaron Crawford. And then, uh, I mean, another team that I think will be interesting to see how it plays out for Carolina is Virginia. I think a lot of people looked at that team, thought, okay, they're definitely going to take a step back. Virginia has added a lot of talent through the transfer portal. Um, Of course, they brought in uh, a guy from the FCS level uh, out of Townsend. I can't remember his name, but a guy that they expect will be a pretty decent contributor for them uh, this season. Uh, they get uh, Troy Pulisian coming over from Central Michigan, and uh, they still feel pretty confident about what they've got at the quarterback spot, uh, where either they're going to have uh, Keaton Thompson, who transferred from Mississippi State, or Brandon Armstrong, who was with the program a year ago. So I think that game is probably another one that people should keep an eye on, but uh, like you mentioned, I like to start for Carolina. I think uh, you know your non-conference is, is looking like there's a possibility that it's going to be uh, James Madison or an in-state team. Uh, James Madison is still unclear as if they are going to go ahead and play this season. Of course, they chose not to go with the full opt-out that we saw from uh, the uh, Colonial Athletic Conference. Uh, Just a couple of weeks ago, they shut down their entire season. James Madison said that they would look to try to go independent, uh, but even if Carolina plays an in-state opponent, more than likely it's still going to stack up to where they will have a chance to get off to a really good start early on. now, I wanted to get your opinion on this in general. This was something that we've been asking a couple of our guests that have been on, and when uh, we, of course, had Zach Hubbard on uh, when the schedule was released a couple of uh, days ago about, uh, you know, that game against Notre Dame will be interesting because, as we said, it could potentially decide the ACC. Now, you might be saying to yourself, how is Notre Dame playing for an ACC championship game when they're not a full member of the ACC um, of course, as you know, they to—they—they they are trying to do everything they can to remain independent in football. We heard Mac Brown say that he thinks it's actually a good thing that Notre Dame's in the conference. Wouldn't really expect anything else from a head coach who is looking for extra motivation for his team. Would love to get another test on the schedule for his team. But from your perspective... What do you make of the ACC allowing Notre Dame not only to play games against ACC opponents this year, but to be a part of the conference and potentially win a conference championship this year?
1: I did you know, I don't have a problem with us giving them the, the normal five-game mm-hmm. uh, games that we give them a year. That was part of the deal when they when they joined the when Notre Dame joined as an ACC member and all the other sports uh, except for football. This year, I understand the situation, and I'm, I'm very understanding. And maybe you say, "Hey, we'll give you we'll give you a full schedule, make it easier on you with your scheduling." But you still can't compete for our conference championship because you're not an official member. It also came down to the money aspect, and I, I think that's where you know they come out and say, this is going to help us financially keep more athletic departments running and not having to see so many smaller sports teams get shut down." on board with that, but they don't want that you they're hiding behind the fact that a lot of financial decisions go into this and that's you know, that that's never good. Uh, but I do think it's gonna add more entry It maybe make the league more competitive top to bottom and more interesting. But I still don't think they should be able to play in Charlotte for an ACC champion because they're not an official league member. But that's just me. I also love the fact that their dame is use independent in an era where you know, every every school is now getting conference and a conference country alignment. But in a year like this I guess we've got to be a little bit more understanding to what's what's being
0: done. Yeah, I think it's just it it kinda opens a little bit of a paradox with them in, in, in that, you know, you bring them in, they could potentially win an A C C championship game and then turn around and for all we know they could Drop the contract with you to even play five games with your conference after you help them out. Um, so, I, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing to be concerned about with the move. In terms of, uh, you know, for Carolina, I think, and, and you know, you, you can correct me if you think I'm wrong on this, I would say Notre Dame is probably the biggest threat to Carolina in terms of making the ACC championship game. I think that game will decide who – Place Clemson because I, I, at this point, you know, with them saying the top two teams uh, from the ACC are going to end up making the ACC championship game, I think you probably should lock Clemson in. If there was any concern, you know, with the fact that Justin Ross wasn't going to be able to play this year, they lost a lot Um, on the back end of that defense. There's some talent that they need to replace on the offensive line. I think all of that, I'm not going to say goes out the window. There's still concern, especially on the national level for them. But with the ACC, I think they are probably a lock to be in the ACC championship game. But I think now uh, Carolina's road gets a little bit tougher. You know, if they they can beat Notre Dame, that'll be huge. If they can find a way to finish second in this conference or possibly even first, which I'm not going to say that that's going to happen this year, I think Carolina will, will, you know, that, that would exceed expectations because as of right now, I think it's really hard to bet against a Clemson and Notre Dame um, ACC championship game. But, um, you know, I think you know, Carolina got a really favorable schedule. They miss out on Clemson. They miss out on Louisville, the two best teams uh, that we thought coming into uh, the the regular season um, when it was going to be scheduled the way it was originally scheduled, and you would have the divisions. Those look like the two best teams in the ACC Atlantic. Uh, you also avoid Pittsburgh, a team that if you had landed them especially early on your schedule, uh, would have been a disaster for you considering that they are probably the best pass rushing team in the ACC, maybe even over Clemson um, so I think everything stacks up uh, for Carolina to uh, definitely have a lot of success um, you know I, I think the other thing is, is that when you look at the expectations for this team you know where do you kind of set the bar for this team this year now with, with a, sh- a little bit of a shorter schedule um, you know You drop some teams Add some teams to it Um You know Do you What What would you classify As a successful season For Carolina I think as long as we enter The
1: Notre Dame game And basically The parameter is They you have know, the winner of that game We'll play in the Champ And the championship game That's a successful season Because if you have the divisions I think you would have thought It's either Carolina Or Virginia Tech Um to go to Charlotte, but you don't have divisions now. It's going off, you know, winning percentage and and what that and whatnot. So I think as long as they are just in the discussion when they when they host Notre Dame, that they're still playing for the right to go to Charlotte. That's being successful because I think that was the expectation this year was to probably probably make it to Charlotte. Um, and, and compete with Clemson, not be Clemson. I think we're still a year away from being able to say we could probably go toe-to-toe with them in a championship game setting, but at least be there and compete. So I, I'm going to keep it the same way, just put yourself in a position to be there
0: and compete and see what happens. I think that's a good way to look at it, uh, and you know, we'll, we'll have to see as the season goes along. Well, as we jump into fall camp, there's a lot of very interesting storylines that we are keeping an eye on, but... I think the biggest one that a lot of people are really focused on is five-star quarterback Tony Grimes arriving to campus. He, of course, arrived earlier this week on Monday. is getting settled in, and now he is participating today in the first day of camp for Carolina. Now, unfortunately for Tony, he is a part of the group that is probably the deepest on this team in 2020 and is maybe one of the top, if not the top, Defensive backfield, in terms of just pure talent heading into the 2020 season. Uh, You know, when you look at at this defensive backfield, I mean, guys that are coming back, of course, you bring back Miles Wolfolk at safety, that won't really affect Tony Grimes, but at corner, you bring back. Patrice Renee, who, of course, was one of the best cover corners in the conference back in 2018 before suffering the injury last year that shut down his season. Of course, Trey Morrison is coming back. They're hoping that they can be able to move him back to nickel, which will probably be possible with the fact that you're also bringing back Storm Duck. You've got eligibility for Kyler McMichael now this season, who the staff has raved about to this point. So I think one of the big questions that a lot of people has is there's just so much talent for this young man. Out of Virginia Beach, Virginia, there was so much put into trying to land him as a recruit and get him on campus early. But how much room is there for him to be able to have a role here in this 2020 season?
1: There's definitely not a whole lot of room, but I don't feel like the push would have been made if they didn't think he could contribute in one way or another. And so, you know, it was definitely interesting. It caught, it caught me off guard. It caught you off guard. And I know you're way more intertwined with what goes on on the recruiting side of things than the right. comes of Carolina football. Right. But I just I don't think he makes that decision. Like, I think he makes it thinking he can come in this year despite, you know, as you said, the defensive backfield for Carolina is as deep in the south as it's been in our lifetime watching Carolina football. But I don't think he would have done it. We didn't think he could still come in and help this team in football games, so I don't think the coaches would have even, you know, supported the idea. Honestly, right. I think Matt Routh and like, you know, we don't think that's that smart for you right now, you should just come in since 2021. So that's why I'm a little bit more optimistic, because the program's different. You know, everything about how we're doing things is different. They're not going to let dumb things happen just to, let it, you know, just, to, just to let it happen. So I think at some point, he's going to make a play or a string of plays in a game that we
0: defensive backfield is not an area where we really have to worry about depth but that's been a focus of the staff really since they got there and now i think this year more than ever having proven depth is going to be important especially out of the gate carolina has some guys that have proven depth in certain at certain position groups defensive backfield uh, you got some experience on your offensive line. You've got some experience at wide receiver. But the biggest thing is, I think Carolina has to find, you know, some guys that can step up, you know, on the defensive line. Have some guys step up at linebacker. And the, uh, one of the other things they've got to make sure that whoever they pick at backup quarterback, which many people think it is going to be Jace Ruder, is ready to go. For this upcoming season, because there is a possibility that, due to due to an illness or uh, you know something around COVID-19 or injuries, because guys haven't really been able to train the way they normally would to get their bodies ready for a normal college football season, there could be times where guys are going to have to step up. You know, how important do you think it is, in your mind, for this team to be able to establish depth, especially? Looking at the schedule that they have to play now, where you'll see physical teams along the way, like Boston College, like uh, like Virginia Tech, like Notre Dame, and Miami. Death
1: is the most important thing when you're trying to compete and win football games at a high level in the current state of college football. If you're not, if you're not deep, you're not going to last because injuries are going to pile up. And now you're adding in a global pandemic. There's going to be guys that are going to get sick. You would you would imagine at some point during the year. Um, maybe maybe it doesn't happen because of the team bubble aspect that Matt Brown's been referring to works, like we've seen with with NBA's doing and the NHL, where they're trying to keep as much in house as they can. But it doesn't matter. Kids are still going to get hurt whether they train normally or not because that's the sport and so if you're not deep enough and that, you look at what really killed you know Larry Bedore at the his time was there was just no
0: And that's the ultimate goal for this team is to be able to get to the ACC championship game and find a way to win it. Uh, of course, uh, you've got the two bye weeks throughout the season. One's early in the year one's extremely late in the year though, so you don't have that sandwiched in in the middle of the season if you do have guys that are struggling through injuries. And As we saw last year as we got later on in the season, that really became an issue in the defensive backfield this year. You're a little bit deeper. Hopefully you can stay a little bit healthier, but some of the other positions could be the ones uh, that could be under attack from injuries. I mean, uh, I think that's the biggest thing this year is can these guys stay healthy and be able to make a run through uh, this ACC-laden schedule. Um, and, of course, uh, we'll be keeping you up to date on everything going on. Fall camp is, of course, uh, starting today. Um, so uh, I, I think uh, is there anything else that we want to uh, get out there here about fall camp before we wrap this thing up? It
1: just feels good to have the guys back on campus and back around and the staff pushing the boys up for what's it's going to be as exciting a year for Carolina football as any fan's ever been a part of so
0: um step in the right direction to say the least. Yeah, so, uh, of course, we'll keep you up to date. Everything that's going on, uh, of course, at ACC, as we've said, showing that they're going to do everything possible to try to play this season in the fall. Um, and, you know, as of right now, the belief, in, at least in my mind, and I'm assuming uh, in, in a lot of people's minds, is that this season is going to happen. We're trying to keep that positive mindset, and we'll have you covered with everything that you need. All the fall camp articles are up for you guys to take a look at Make sure you're prepared even though camp has started already today. You can go back, read those articles. There's still a long way to go uh, to the, over this next month towards the start of the season. So you have plenty of time to go ahead, get those articles read, and be prepared uh, for all of the uh, updated news that will be coming out once we get a depth chart as well. We'll be telling you about that. Make sure you head over to yieldtuplog.com. We'll also have the in-depth position previews coming out. That will start later on this week uh, into this weekend where we'll uh, give you a look at every position group for Carolina, break it down in-depth for you, tell you about all the guys that are going to be a part of this team here in 2020. and It'll be more important to know some of these names this year, uh, as we mentioned, with the possibility that there could be some higher injury numbers, there could be some guys that end up having to sit out uh, due to uh, some Uh, COVID-19 related stuff So we'll keep you up to date on all that Heeltoughblog.com is the place Where you can check it out and of course We want to also encourage you guys to rate, review And subscribe to the podcast Uh, When you rate and review the podcast It will of course move it up the rankings On sites like Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts, Spotify All those websites so that people that haven't Found the podcast just yet Can track it down and be able to listen to everything That we'll be giving you guys during the season And potentially go back and listen to some of the great offseason interviews that we did with former Tar Heel players. Great group of guys that stopped by with us to talk with us uh, throughout this summer, um, and of course, uh, also all the great stuff that we have around the recruiting trail for a recruiting cycle in 2021, where the Tar Heels have simply blown it out of the water. So, I want to thank you guys for listening to this edition of the podcast. I want to thank Josh for hosting with me, and as always, go Tar Heels!